You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation. This is Todd Urey, founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The best tool in social media for me has been LinkedIn. I've been able to connect with pharmacy professionals, healthcare professionals, physicians, nurse practitioners, and of course, my favorite providers, um, you pharmacists out there who are listening. Someone I ran into because of our initiative in our series um, called uh, Transforming the Nation, which is a, um, a podcast series that you're listening to now that's really dedicated to our providers, our pharmacists, our pharmacy technicians, uh, pharmacy owners, transforming the nation based on the fact that we know that you are touching patients almost more than any other healthcare provider, certainly more than our, our primary care providers who are seeing their patients one to 10 times to the community pharmacy owner or to the pharmacist. So with that, um, that ability, to touch uh, patients gives us the ability to support each other in helping to uh, quote unquote transform the nation. So someone that I uh, connected with on um, LinkedIn that I'm uh, so proud to have as a connection now um, was Lakeisha Butler and Dr. Butler uh, has has come on the uh, pharmacy podcast as well, transforming the nation and she has brought a colleague from the National Pharmaceutical Association with her. And I'd like to introduce to the Pharmacy Podcast Network through uh, this series, Dr. Angela Riley. Uh, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation, Dr. Riley. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. And Dr. Butler, give you a shout out as well. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Absolutely, thank you for the invitation. We're happy to be here. So I am not a stranger to the organization since being introduced um, by um, a team member of yours, Dr. North. Frank North has been a part of the Transforming the Nation series, and I'm proud to know him. And he and I, he makes me laugh. He's now connected with me on Instagram, and he has me cracking up with some of his posts. I just absolutely love his flavor of humor and his intelligence that he brings to uh, to my world under social media. So a shout out to Frank North. If you're listening, Frank, um, uh, high five, buddy. Um, thanks for your connectivity and your connection. Um, I want to turn to the mission, the, the National Pharmaceutical Association, known as the NPHA, um, established in 1947, is dedicated to representing the views and ideals of minority pharmacists on critical issues affecting health care and pharmacy, promoting racial and health equity, as well as advancing the standards of pharmaceutical care among practitioners. This plays right into the mission of our series, Transforming a Nation. I'm going to start out with Angela. Um, lay some groundwork why this organization is so important to literally transforming our nation as healthcare providers. Absolutely. Again, as you mentioned, we are dedicated to not only representing pharmacists' perspective for minoritized communities, but leading the charge for change, being that voice, that collective voice to not only advocate for equitable practice practices and equitable change overall, but looking at all things related to healthcare and um, 
achieving the well-being, uh, positive outcomes for the populations we represent. So we do that through various practices, through various activities. Um, we partner with various organizations recently. Uh, Dr. Butler was on a panel with several organizations as part of the COVID task force. Um, that's just one example recently. But again, we have used our collective voices to advocate for change. And that's what this organization was created to do. Something that you've done specifically in COVID-19 is the Vaccination Hesitancy Education Series, who um, featured Dr. Christina Madison, who's also part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with her public health pharmacist um, show, which we absolutely love um, uh, her, her flavor, her style, her, her intelligence that she brings. And this is interesting. Let's talk about this up front and right out of the gate. And that is vaccination hesitancy. And I think that ties back to the word trust. And I wanna turn things over to Dr. Butler. Could you kind of uh, tell us why you had this uh, series in place, educating other providers, our pharmacists about this and um, some of your own experience in, in sure enough, our, our communities who do have vaccination hesitancy? Absolutely. So this is certainly an important topic um, for the pharmacists that are represented within the National Pharmaceutical Association, because as you mentioned, in the communities that we serve, in the communities that we represent, vaccine hesitancy is pretty prevalent, uh, most likely due to a, a lack of trust. And that certainly dates back to many, many years ago. Um, it, it certainly lends to this, the idea of, you know, even us as practitioners, we have had to overcome the mistrust that has been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, certainly as, as a black pharmacist, I can recall having conversations with um, grandparents and, and parents who have stated, we don't need to get vaccines. Uh, that I don't know if we can trust uh, what what they're putting into us, and and so that was no different with the COVID nineteen vaccine. And and there were even more factors that played a, a tremendous part in creating that that mistrust. Um, you know, as it relates to the the name of Operation Warp Speed, uh, thinking that it was politicized. Um, so there were a number of factors that. Uh, contributed to the hesitancy. And so it was certainly important for us as healthcare practitioners to first uh, understand this process for ourselves, because how could we recommend a vaccine that we too did not trust, whether it was through our own socialization, whether it was through um, just the idea of maybe not believing in um, the political nature of the COVID-19 vaccine, the, the, the speed in which it was approved. Uh, and so that's where we started and really just wanting to educate our, our own healthcare practitioners. And in order for our providers to be able to educate the patients, um, we wanted to really take a, a you know, a, 
a lead in, in making sure that we had the tools, um, we had the, the knowledge, the expertise, and we also had the trust uh, that we could pass along to our patients. And so that was the reason for the um, not only the series that we, we currently are, are promoting, um, but it's, it's also, it led to us um, really getting involved and collaborating with other organizations such as the National Medical Association. There's also other pharmacy organizations that we've collaborated with. And so there's just a, a lot of things that we had to get over. I know personally, I, um, through my involvement with the National Medical Association, uh, there was a lot that I learned talking with the, um, the, the vaccine uh, manufacturers, uh, talking with the scientists, the leaders in developing the vaccine. And that was really an opportunity to overcome some of those um, fears that I had that had been passed down uh, through um, just my family and generationally. So uh, after getting the education and being able to have the confidence in getting the vaccine, I received the vaccine. And that's why you really see a lot of our minoritized healthcare providers really getting out there and being a, a voice, um, sharing our experiences because you know it really takes hearing it from someone who you have trust with or whom you may connect with in certain ways. And that has really played a tremendous part in, in the work that NPHA has done in, in within our minoritized communities. So Dr. Riley, it's very interesting that it couldn't have come at a better time that um, the NPHA was prepared um, as as setting up memberships, setting up zones that you have regional directors in to have a messaging system out to um, healthcare providers who can amplify um, the truth, who can amplify uh, factual-based, evidence-based information. Before we started recording, um, Dr. Riley, you and I were talking about evidence-based um, information. What can you share in your experiences as a provider in really helping to minimize the impact of uh, vaccine hesitancy, especially in, in minorities in our, in our Black American cultures? Absolutely. So I, I, I do have to highlight, again, the fact that we are practitioners and we have our fingers literally on the pulse of the clinical trial data and every piece of information, factual information at our fingertips. So we are able to take that information and make it palatable for the general population. My mother did not want to read the Moderna clinical trial data. But I was excited when it came out. I was thankful Lakeisha was on the, the panel so we could we could receive information a little bit earlier. So we um, have access to resources that the general population may not have. But our, our connections to the population, we can give them tools and resources that are crafted for the general population in mind that are reputable sites that they can read outside of our own personal testimony. And I will tell you, as Dr. Butler mentioned earlier, our personal testimony weighs heavily, not only in our inner circles, but our circles that then are launched out into the atmosphere. I spoke on one panel for a church. 
I was then asked to speak to several other churches because of the trust and the information that I shared that made the, the participants feel comfortable about the vaccine and then feel comfortable about coming to me as someone that looks like them, that they can trust, that word again, that then encouraged them to go out and seek the vaccine. Now, remember, when we were doing a lot of this outreach and advocacy, there was a backlog. There was not the vaccine was not readily available. So then we had to take our, our efforts a little bit further to determine how we could prioritize the minoritized community members that wanted the vaccine. Right. Because, again, not only were we dying at greater rates, we had less access. I know I had seniors that said, Angela, down the block, I'm, I'm in the grocery store. I tried to get on the website and I don't know how to do that website. So then I had to, again, rethink what can we do, not only Angela individually, but as a national organization to ensure that this problem is prioritized. Right. Um, so I think we as a group collectively used our resources again, not only as individuals, but thought about what worked in our personal environments to build larger networks to help communities not only trust the vaccine and its safety, but then be able to access the vaccine. Now, we're not done because there are still large subsets of the population that have not been able to access the vaccine. And people are saying, well, they have it at CVS. But guess what? If you don't have a car, <laughs> if you don't have childcare, you know, you might not just be able to go to CVS, you know? And so we have to think about those things. And that's where, again, our participation on panels, on tasks, task forces, be it nationally, or locally um, helps diversify the voice and the thought behind some of the rollouts and some of the implementation strategies that were developed. So I'm proud of the organization. I'm proud of all of our members. I'm proud of pharmacists as a whole that have moved forward to address the issue. But I think I also am proud of where we're going to go because we're not gonna stop here at COVID. We're gonna use these strategies that we've put in place to, my, to prioritize the unheard voices in other areas. And that's where MPHA is gonna keep pushing. We have other areas to discuss outside of COVID, but we'll talk about COVID right now. <laughs> Systemic racism is real. The, the systems that prevent the healthy, the achievement of healthy outcomes is real. And so again, that's another topic for another day. But again, we've learned how to address the issue and we're going to keep moving. And, and that ends my speech. <laughs> right? oh, want, I want more of that. So right, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. So I saw Lakeisha pop on that. I thought that was my, you know, how you're lecturing and someone gives you a five minute warning. Right? <laughs> so I want to make a point. So in my 17 years in pharmacy, um, I've noticed less um, pushback on the recognition of how strenuous racism is on our healthcare system. Even, let's take the heart out of it for a second. Dr. Aluko taught me this from Ernst & Young. He took the heart out of it. He took the emotion out of it. And he went with the data. And he went with the fact that 
if we were just looking at this from a capitalistic perspective of the health of a healthcare system strictly based on finances, it's costing us multi-millions, if not billions of dollars of the impact that racism is having on our system because we are not taking care of people properly, which is causing a domino effect. And sure enough, there's 54 million seniors in our country right now, Dr. Riley, you have a very special pedigree of your background as a clinician, as a provider, because you spent 11 years in the, with the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists that focus on seniors. So when you talk about communicating with a populace um, and we start layering that populace, they, these are Americans, these are seniors, these are black senior Americans. And now they're watching and listening and looking at you and you're telling them, I would not tell you this. I would not tell this to my mother. I want my mother to live well and be okay. And I would not say this if it were not true. And here's the evidence to support what I am saying to you. The impact of that because of the way that black American families work from a, a hi hierarchy construct with the fact that we have to pay attention to these constructs we know that the matriarch of many black American families is in fact that grandmother and that mother role. And if they can be educated, look at the, look at the impact that they're going to make on their children, on their grandchildren, on their neighbors, on their churches, on their, and it's, a, it's that domino effect that you get to put in motion because of your interconnection with, with populaces that are so important in demystifying this whole hesitancy of vaccination in the first place. Absolutely. And that's why we, um, in our paper, we did not talk about that. We talked about the value of those lived experiences and those networks. And when we, as Dr. Butler mentioned earlier, are hesitant ourselves as educated people with access to the data, and we don't believe that uh, our safety and our well-being is prioritized over the need to put your name on a vaccine, regardless of the circumstances, you have a problem. And, and there was a period where there were a large number of practitioners, particularly part practitioners of color, that did not stand behind the vaccine. Uh, we had an article cited in there. I was one of the practitioners that spoke up, uh, against the vaccine when it was first discussed because Again, it didn't follow the normal processes. It, it, it was very politicized, very politicized. Um, and so because of that access and because of being that proximity to the data and seeing that people were receiving the, the vaccine without problems, without major complications and looking at the long-term risk, well, the, the, the risk analyses that were calculated you know we don't have any long-term risk data now but again um being able to look at that information gave us the security to go and talk to grandma literally and it may not have been our our grandma but like you said um it it, it causes a ripple effect yep. and I, i'm very proud of that very proud um my mom did not want the vaccine and she even after I, I was invited by her friend to talk about the vaccine, she still said, I don't trust you. She will never let me live it down. When I was in pharmacy school my first year, 
I gave her penicillin because her stomach was hurting. It was penicillin that we had in the refrigerator. And she said, you told me penicillin would work. You know, I learned about it. It had nothing to do with the stomach ache. But nevertheless, I told her to take it. And you know what happens when you take penicillin. <laughs> but And she said, ever since your first year in pharmacy school, you gave me the wrong advice and I'll never trust you. And to this day, <laughs> she says, I don't know if I'll trust you. I'll call your uncle. I'll call somebody else. But she did the same thing with the vaccine. It was not till her friend said, oh, I saw Angela. And then she said, I'm, I, I think I'll get it. So... Dr. Butler, your connection back to education in your current role, as well as the roles that you've played in the past, have also been very um, domino affecting uh, to others, uh, future pharmacists that you've been able to talk with. Um, the uh, university, Duke University, uh, published uh, a paper which was um, partially uh, developed by Dr. Gary Bennett. Uh, PhD to, dis to discuss the complex issues in the determinants of vaccine hesitancies ag uh, among Black Americans. And it really goes into some uh, deep um, kind of the reasoning and as well as data collection um, around uh, the, the populations. Talk to us, Dr. Butler, about the younger generation of pharmacists um, who are inundated with lots of uh, social media fodder that supports conspiracy theories. It supports, um, you know, receiving your information from Gwyneth Paltrow instead of your fellow pharmacist. Not that I have anything against her. I think she's a wonderful actress and stuff, but I don't think she belongs in anything to do with healthcare um, unless she goes and, you know, gets a, a, a formidable, uh, um, knowledgeable degree of such, but um, talk to me about the future generation and, and how this future generation uh, helps to change the status quo, as well as their involvement with the NPHA. Absolutely. So you're right. Social media is powerful. It's a powerful messenger, especially in the um, younger generation. Um, what I have certainly found is relationships play such an important part. Um, so we've talked about those familial relationships, grandmother and other um, family members, but also a relationship with being a you know professor, pharmacist, a preceptor with students, that is um, extremely valuable as well. And so through those relationships, I'll have to say, you know, as a black faculty member, um, but also as a, a black a pharmacist, oftentimes Black students, they once again are coming to us to um, to talk and to, to get kind of, they just come, come in and say, I want to get the lowdown. I want you to tell me the truth. They, you know, we're, we're very transparent with each other. There's a level of connection. And so during those conversations, I'm able to um, share once again that knowledge that we have um, and also guiding them as future pharmacists on how to break down the the data that we have um, that's accessible to us um, as as practitioners and future practitioners. Um, so you know thinking about looking at the safety data and you know we teach in pharmacy school statistics so that you're able to break down um, the the different trials and understand what all these numbers mean. Um, so during those conversations, we talk about that and allow them 
to go on this journey of discovery, um, but also this journey of um, building their confidence as well. And I, I have to say that that domino effect is just like throwing a rock in, in a pond. It's just amazing how what they say um, and how even you know what we say, it truly does trickle to a variety of networks and it just multiplies and multiplies. And so we actually um, have a student affiliate. It's the Student National Pharmaceutical Association, which we work very closely with. And um, you know, during our conversations and involvement around vaccine hesitancy, we have certainly involved them as well. Um, and we have continued to, um, we have members on our board from the student affiliate. Uh, and they are part of our conversations to make sure that we are being mindful of what the students' needs are, uh, not only within vaccine hesitancy, but other uh, different topics as well in different areas. So, yes, definitely our voices um, are key as it relates to the connection that we have with students. And students really have a greater, I, I honestly say a greater reach because they are on social media. They're on a variety of social media platforms. And once we're able to educate them and also bring them along on the journey of discovery, it's, it's a tremendous um, after effect. It, it certainly is something that um, is amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm just uh, amazed at the influence that students can have, and they really want to have that influence. Um, and they, they are very willing and, and um, you know, a part of, of the, the messaging that we have as it relates to uh, speaking to the, the minoritized communities. That's a really good pullback and um, pointing us to the theme of today, which is uh, transforming through leadership and the impact that you have as leaders. Both of you, Dr. Riley, Dr. Butler, well-known leaders. However, you are preparing more importantly than your own advocacy and your own mission. You're, pre you're preparing that next generation to impact others so that the next pandemic won't be met with as much quote unquote fake news impacting millions of lives based on a, a questionable vaccine. And, and setting up that future provider, that those future pharmacists to feel empowered um, regardless of the color of their skin because now they're way past that. They're, that's no longer an issue. It's, it's looked past and, you know, there have been some, I'm a big science fiction buff. So there have been some major science fiction movies who have featured presidents, leaders of, um, of you know, maybe a spaceship that we're on or a journey that have been people of color and, you know, Hollywood's been, uh, you know, we know that Hollywood's not perfect, nothing is, but they've really featured some leadership that our children are impacted to by who they're featuring as a leader in that role and, um, and be, and creating heroes. Well, once you grow up and people with capes that are, you know, defying gravity and all of this fictitious stuff kind of fades off and you come to what is a true leader, um, the pharmacist to me is is my number one hero and being able to amplify your voices through our publications and then calling out to our listeners to take the next steps and also being leaders in change and leaders in transformation. 
is is exactly what this is this is all about. And I want to bring it back to Dr. Riley. Can you give our listeners right now some actionable um, instances, some examples of what you believe they can do as future pharmacists, as practicing pharmacists, and even our pharmacy technicians, which are you know three and four times the amount of the practicing pharmacists that we have out there. We have 300,000 active pharmacists in the United States serving 300 million American lives. And you can times that by four, probably 300,000 times four of how many technicians are out there. So Tex, you are just as important at, at, at this impact because it's about engaging with people and ensuring those people that you look them in the eye and they're looking at you as a healthcare provider and they can trust you. So with that, I want to, I want to have uh, Dr. Riley um, close us out today. Well, thank you for that. Again, centering on trust and centering our minds on the profession with the goal of impacting human health overall the number one thing that we can leave with is using our voice to encourage and promote change. Advocacy is something everyone can do. Again, you don't have to stand on a podium. You don't have to run for office. You can stand in your circle within your circle of influence and support the initiatives that are highlighted by organizations such as MPHA to ensure equity, ensure uh, safe options, access. If we're talking about COVID-19 and the vaccine, again, listening and then using your voice to ensure everyone is represented, everyone is able to achieve or access everything that you are accessing. So again, it doesn't take much. Just again, listening to what's needed and collaborating with others to use your voice to advocate. That's one. That's one thing. Awesome. Uh, I, I could keep going, but <laughs> if we if we didn't have a time construct, I'd be talking to both of you for hours. But um, we we are going to be sensitive to our listeners' time and 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 make sure that we want to make a call out to our listeners every time we've released the transforming the nation um, episode. We have had a listener reach out to us about another way to participate and continuing to keep this momentum going. And before we started recording, I was sharing with with Dr. Riley that I think there's, in my 17 years in pharmacy, I'm seeing more light uh, shining at the end of our tunnel of what we go through with racism and disparities and equity and and equality and and all of those facets of how it impacts cultures, I'm seeing hope. um, And and that excites me because I know that pharmacists are making an impact. Absolutely. And again, I encourage everyone, if they want to stay connected, if they want to move forward, you can follow the National Pharmaceutical Association on all social media platforms. And we always list our needs. We're looking for volunteers. In terms of advocacy, again, we have an entire body dedicated to listening to the needs of the communities in which we represent and serve. And then moving forward, not only to advocate legislatively, but 
working with other groups, other organizations to incite or promote change in the various local areas in which we reside as well. Dr. Butler, did you want to add anything? I think that is great. I, I would say certainly getting involved. Um, uh, Dr. Riley mentioned that you can get involved locally, but uh, certainly we would love to have your involvement in the National Pharmaceutical Association. Um, we are a smaller association, but we're mighty, and we are certainly pressing forward in the most pressing issues, uh, especially as it relates to the minoritized community. So getting involved, and I I would also say continue to educate. Um, we are lifelong learners as pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, students. So continue to stay up on um, what is going on, the most pressing issues. But even, you know, when COVID-19 goes away, there are there's so much more that we can continue to learn. As we mentioned earlier, systemic racism and, and inequitable practices, health inequities, health disparities, all of those particular topics, we need to really educate ourselves so that we can be informed on how they present, but also be informed on how we can actually be um, solutions and, and uh, mitigate these particular disparities. Dr. Angela Riley, Dr. Lakeisha Butler, it has been an honor to have you on this series and sharing with us. Um, expect listeners to see this posted on all social media channels. We will be uh, connecting um, the NPHA to this recording. You'll see it in the show notes. We'll also embed this uh, recording eventually within the National Association's um, website in their advocacy resources um, in the media appearance section. And um, I've been so uh, excited to meet you, Dr. Butler, and you've introduced me to Dr. Riley. So I've sent you a LinkedIn request to uh, Angela. So be on the lookout. <laughs> awesome. I look forward to connecting. It's been great. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you, Dr. Butler, for inviting me. Again, we did not talk much about the paper, but it highlighted everything we talked about here. So if you can link that in the resources yep. with the podcast, that would be great as well. Absolutely. We look forward to the feedback. There's much work to be done, but many hands makes work light, right? Makes light. I, I think I misquoted that. <laughs> we know exactly what you meant. <laughs> many you. hands. We'll, we'll figure it out. Thank but, you so much. I thank you both. Um, thank you listeners for listening in. Please do us a favor. make sure you share this and tag another pharmacist that you believe um, will be uplifted by the inspiration from Dr. Butler and Dr. Riley. And as always, I thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. <laughs>